This is Christian Horner. You've won the Austrian Grand Prix. <laughs> Hi guys, it's here. Hi, I'm Max Verstappen, and you're listening to the Aston Martin Rebel Racing Podcast. Oh, this feels good. <laughs> Yes, this is Talking Ball, the Aston Martin Red Bull Racing Podcast. We're going to be taking you behind the scenes at the track, in the paddock and at the factory throughout the year, giving you full access to the team. We're back for 2019 and all is set to be one of our biggest racing years to date. New car, new drivers, new rules and a brand new season. Albert Park will open 2019 in style down under on March the 17th, providing excitement to plenty ahead of a brand new F1 season and the start of a 10-month-long battle. Pierre will be making his team debut following his promotion from our sister team Toro Rosso in our brand new Honda Power car alongside our very own Max Verstappen who begins his fifth season in F1 at just 21 years of age. On this edition of Talking Ball, we've got an exclusive season preview with our team principal Christian Horner. We give you an insight into what it takes to be a fuel specialist in a Formula One team and we have a play of the brand new Floor Song too. First up though, we wanted you to hear from the drivers themselves with no one else getting in the way and the best way for them to do that is to interview each other with some driver on driver action i warn you there may be a little bit of singing in this take it away boys hello who the f- <laughs> i'm curiously and you uh, jean-marie uh... verstappen jean-marie verstappen <laughs> new name who starts i'm star how have you kept sharp over the winter break uh, quite a bit of sim racing actually. <laughs> well, since I was back home, so in December until now, actually a lot of sim racing. Okay. And training. Which of game? I racing, racing mostly. Yeah. On my side, yeah, training basically. I uh, went a bit in the U.S. to uh, train there with uh, with you my trainer. You have been all, all over the place, huh? Yeah, I travel. I travel quite. I mean, I took some time off with my family back in France, and then after that, I went in U.S. to the training center, Red Bull Training Center mm-hmm. in uh, Santa Monica, and this was. Perfect. And then a cheeky race as well. Yeah, a cheeky race in uh, Mexico with the Race of Champions. This was super cool actually. So at least I got to drive something. And yeah, um, and, yeah it's relaxed even, but still some competition. So you still was, want to do the best. Exactly. You, you so can. now this was cool. So, Pierre, <laughs> does the build up to this season feel different with all the changes? On my side, it feels a lot different, of course, because yeah, it's a, it's no a big more, step. No more pasta. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Different culture, different team, different people, families. So uh, we saw also last year in Italy, now in England with, uh, with Red Bull. And of course, everything um, is, is a bit more into details. The factory is bigger. So uh, no, I'm super excited also that the expectations and targets will be different. So uh, no, really, really excited for the season. Also really fast teammate which is going to be uh, exciting. So uh, only my second year in Formula One, but super, uh, super good time at the moment. I can yeah. only agree. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it doesn't really change a lot. Yeah. If you want to know. <laughs> How many languages can you speak? Well, let's say fluent. I guess it's Dutch, English and German. German, you speak German yeah. like friendly. Yeah, I'll, I'll teach you a little bit of German. I need to know but that. the bad words. Yeah, of course. Always easier to remember. So. You? French, Italian. English, Japanese. <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, no, maybe I stop. Only English, uh, English, you speak French. French. Yeah, a bit sometimes. Just a little bit. And um, yeah, Italian. I understand. I can speak as well, but still need to to practice. And Spanish, I used to speak, but lost it. Yeah, exactly. Who is the better FIFA player? <laughs> you know, this okay. can get 
I remember. Okay, where, is the, where is the PlayStation? We need to we wow. need to, to find out on the PlayStation right now. You remember last year's preseason, right? Yeah. I even well, I was sitting on the couch and I was like, Pierre, you, you don't need to train. And then you looked on your watch, and you're like, oh, sh I'm like 15 ah, yeah, minutes because, late. Because we were like playing so so much, right? <laughs> yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, I think we I think we need to find out now. You will probably beat me quite big time. I need to practice a mm. bit because I didn't play for for a while. So. Okay, that's good. What is your earliest memory of racing each other? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say, right? You know what I'm gonna say. 2010 La Conca. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> wow. So the, sto the story was, um, I think I qualified seventh and Pierre second. Yeah. So I had to start every heat, six heats on Friday and Saturday behind Pierre. <laughs> how, many, how, many how many times did I push Pierre <laughs> off the track in the, in the first corner? Maybe three or four out of six. <laughs> I remember I was arriving turn one with my both uh, rear wheels in the air because Max was pushing me so much. But I always got pushed from behind as well. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now I remember that because in the warm-up lap they were telling me, but you go too fast, you go too fast. And I told them I don't even put my foot on the throttle, like it's they are the push, pushing me so much. And then they were like really complaining, so at some point I remember in a warm-up lap, I just put like my both feet in the air, just to show them I don't do anything, and I was going like almost at 50 kph. And so I was just I doing like this, like yeah. my head, but I was not really getting pushed, but I was like... <laughs> but this is actually my first memory as well, like really fighting, uh, fighting oh, each other. Long time ago now. Do you think the changes to the regulations will actually make racing closer in 2019? To be honest, I don't think so. Like, I mean, not racing closer in a way that the full pack, I don't really think will be closer. But uh, after, in terms of following each other, maybe the racing, if it's gonna get better, this, I don't know. If I guess time will tell, but... Exactly, some say yes, some others say no. So I think before we actually get on track, it's... Yeah, I think also the problem is with so much downforce, it's always gonna be difficult to follow. Mm. Well, it should be slightly less, but in the end, it's gonna be... I, I saw a picture problems. of like, 2008 and now the cars they're different so and much. it's so much longer and wider. Yeah, I, I think can 2008 understand. looks like a little toy, toy car. Yeah. yeah, so I guess going a bit back to that as well, it just creates a lot less disturbance from the car. Yeah. Who will win a go kart race between Pierre's grandma and Max's mom? Why? Why my mom and his grandma? Because <laughs> my grandma was a karting champion. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Ah, I didn't know. Like in the 60s or 60s. From your dad's side or your mom's side? Uh, my dad's side, yeah. yeah. Okay. But she was like like a sort of regional uh, from my region, basically. Okay, but so, so it wasn't like a national or international level. Okay, so well, that's cool. Probably your, your mom will uh, be. Well, the... yeah, because she's younger as well now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Did your color coordinate your helmet designs this year? Actually, yeah. Yeah, you, you texted <laughs> me like for which color I was going and. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, think it's good. I because wanted to make sure that we don't go with the same one, so I had something yeah. in mind. And uh... I remember the first uh, race I did with Red Bull. I had like the same top as uh, Daniel because we both had like light blue. Yeah, it's impossible to see the difference. Yeah, exactly. So I, the Red Bull is pretty big on the side, so yeah. if after you have the main like uh, first color on the helmet, it's pretty tough. I think it worked out well. Yeah, it worked out well. So, what are you most excited about this year to work with me? I know this. Yeah. Most excited, <laughs> most excited. Just looking forward to the, you know, the Honda partnership. To be honest, mm -hmm. to see how far we can get this season already, uh, if we're going to be really competitive. Um, so yeah, definitely looking forward to that. You? Well, the same thing, basically for me, for sure, it's going to be really different to last year in terms of overall performance, 
fighting and, and, and hopefully yeah, it will be competitive. It's competitive as you were last year or even more. Um, so I think we'll, we'll find out beginning of the season, but uh, no, for sure, I'm super excited to be with Red Bull, to be with you. And, uh, and yeah, it's a big, big step in my career. So. Mm. It's a, it's a great time. Are you impressed by the commitment our Honda colleagues have shown? Well, so far, yes, but I had the chance to work with them already the last two years uh, in Super Formula in Japan and then we store Rosso. So I know I've always said it, but for me, Japanese are the, like the most committed and dedicated people you can work with. So um, really, when they set the target, they, they will work like days and nights until they achieve it. So I think they are really pushing. So hopefully, uh, We'll get the, the reward pretty soon. Yeah, I'm uh, looking forward uh, to see it. <laughs> You're impressed with them? Like you see big change with Renault? Or? Well, so far I haven't really spoken a lot to them yet, but the, the stories are here already in the factory and stuff. It's completely different. Mm. Yeah, in a positive way. Who is your favorite Red Bull athlete? Are we considered athletes? <laughs> <laughs> Careful to. Uh... <laughs> favorite? Actually, that's a very good question. I, I do like uh, motocross to see Jeffrey Hellings winning so many races. I mean, yeah. that's really impressive. Yeah, I will go with uh, Neymar. Neymar, I really like, uh, really like soccer, really like him. It's big, also big because he's playing PSG. for, yeah. Yeah, for PSG. But you really go flat when you're on the stadium. You're like, when they score a goal, you're like yeah, screaming. Yeah. You're like a football hooligan <laughs> in the stadium. No, I'm really into it. French fries or pommes frites? <laughs> French fries. Oh, you? I never say pommes frites. <laughs> you? <laughs> I always say either. I say frites. I, yeah. say, I, I don't say pommes frites actually. You say frites or uh, either frites or french fries. What's your favorite go-karting track? I thought it was the most exciting one for the last <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Alcanis. Have you ever driven no, it? No, actually. It's it, really good. No, never yeah. been there. That is one of my favorites. I think also where you have won like yeah, important like races, import, they yeah, become sure. like uh, Varenne for me as well will always be something special because I won the world championship. But also the track is actually really cool. It's because fast. It, but yeah, but you, because you're slipstreaming a lot. All the time. Yeah, and you have to be really fluent. Like you cannot slide too much because so you much. lose the speed mm. because of, on the long straights. But yeah, for me, Alcanis with the, the, the banking and stuff, like there are two corners where you go first off camera and, and then, then it changes the into way. a cap. Yeah, it's, it's so good. I, I think it's really related to the result you had. So it's the same for me. Like Sarno is, uh, is a special one, uh, one I really love, but uh, also where I got my first big <laughs> result the in the World, World Championship. Cup. Yeah, but remember with Sirotkin. Sirotkin was there, Dennis, yeah. Carlos. Well, so. well, oh, no, that, so that, this was, that was the year this before was me. The year before, that yeah. was the year before me, yeah. You, with you, was in... Uh, what well, was the World Championship race we had there? You remember? Charles won it. Yeah, but me, I was already... I left. This was 2011. Yeah. I Second, remember you got, I angry. you got angry to me in the, in the pre-final, I think it was, because you got overtaken, and then I went with the guy, and then on the exit, I just with pushed us. you into the grass. How so was you, it in Sarno? Yeah. I, I remember it was in Sarno. I remember exactly the corner, actually. The left-hand <laughs> hairpin yeah. on the... <laughs> oh. Yeah, I remember that. Thanks for listening, guys. Let's catch up on the race. Yeah, thank you to hear our stories. I hope you liked it, and hopefully many more to come. Goodbye, my lovers. <laughs> Goodbye, my friend.
This guy. Bye. Incredible singing there, boys. James Blunt would be proud. Now, the grid has had a massive shake-up for 2019, which means that there'll be a fascinating start to the season as everyone gets to grip with the new challenges. Tom caught up with our team principal, Christian Horner, at the factory to get some thoughts on the season ahead. It's been a pretty busy winter for everyone here at the factory, especially with the new regulation changes and a new uh, power unit supplier. How would you describe the atmosphere as we embark on sort of a new chapter? Um, the atmosphere is very upbeat throughout the factory. There's a real sense of anticipation and uh, and excitement. Um, it's the first time we've had a new engine partner for you know for over 12 years. So uh, something new. It's something something different. Something quite exciting. So uh, so yeah, there's definitely an upbeat tempo in the in the factory. And how did Adrian and the design team respond to like working with a new power unit supplier? Is there a sort of sense of renewed energy in the design team as well? Yeah, it's definitely in, injected. Some, some definite enthusiasm. Of course, engineers are only ever hungry for horsepower, and uh, that's what very much motivates Adrian. So he's, you know, he's really encouraged by the progress that Honda are making, and uh, you know that's exciting for you know not just this year but future years. When do you sort of expect to see how competitive the RB15 might be? You know, is it during testing or might it take a little bit longer? You get snapshots during the testing but um, you never know what fuel loads and power settings people are running. So it really will take probably two or three races to get a clear indication of you know what the pecking order is quite hard to do at the start of the season but are there any sort of specific goals that have been set for this year to close the gap from where we were last year so uh, you know last year uh, at circuits that suited the chassis that were that were power limited we were you know we were very competitive we managed to win four races this year we'd like to see a more consistent performance across tracks that sometimes we feared you know like Monza and and Bahrain and, and, and circuits like Azerbaijan with long straights, you know, etc. So, you know, definitely a more consistently competitive, uh, you know, fielding of both cars. How does it feel having a driver lineup that has a combined age that is less than your own? And have the drivers reminded you of that at all? Well, thank you for reminding me of that. Um, yeah, it's a first ever for me. It wasn't long ago before the drivers that we had here were older than me. Um, so, yeah, it's. Um, you know, you don't judge people by their age. It's about what they do on do on track and how they um, how they conduct themselves. So I'm not worried about the, the relative youth of our drivers. They both got a lot of experience. They both know what's expected. And um, yeah, interesting that they were both born at the end of the 1990s. So yeah, they are one of the youngest driving pairings on the grid. Um, do you think you'll take a slightly different approach with them at all, or um, will you leave the keeping them in check up to Dr. Marco? <laughs> No, I, look, I shall manage them exactly the same way I manage the other drivers in the team. So, um, you know, nothing changes, you know, in that respect. I don't think I'll be playing FIFA football games with them or, or that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, they know what's expected from them. They know how we operate here. That's already been clear because they've both been members of the junior team, obviously, before they arrived in Formula 1. And just quickly, your thoughts on the 2019 regulation changes? There's been a lot said, but... How do you think they might affect the racing? You know, jury's out. We'll see how what effect they have. I think it'll be minimal um, uh, because you can't take these things in isolation. But uh, again, it's a big characteristic change to the car. So, uh, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what interpretations different teams have made as the cars turn out for testing over the next couple of weeks. Max and Pierre are being asked a lot about what they've learnt during their time in F1. 
you yourself now have spent 15 years leading the team. Um, can you tell us any sort of key lessons that you've learned over this time in F1? You're learning every day. You know, um, every day is different and you just try and use the experience that, that you have. So, uh, uh, you know, there's been a lot of change in Formula One since since I first arrived here. Uh, and it's it's continually evolving and you've got to move with it and, and be flexible and versatile and, uh, and open-minded. You know, they're the key attributes. And obviously, us and all of our listeners know you as Christian Horner, the team principal, but... Is there something that you can tell us about your life away from the office? What could I tell you? Um, I don't know. I have I have four goats <laughs> and three donkeys. If that is something of interest, but uh, yeah, look, I love animals. We have we, I think we've got about forty over forty animals now, uh, um, and uh, it's fun. Uh, you know, when you're away from Formula One to you know to get in amongst it. I'm willing to bet a few people uh, didn't know that, for sure. Um, unlike Franz Tost, you aren't in favour of uh, having more than 21 races in yeah. a year. Um, so tell us, what do you enjoy doing on a weekend when we're not racing while we still have uh, those weekends to spare? Well, Franz, obviously, you know, if he could replace Christmas with a Grand Prix, he'd do it. Um, I have a slightly different outlook. I think that you reach a point of saturation, 21, maximum 22 feels like the absolute upper limit of Grand Prix because I'd rather have quality rather than quantity. Look, away from Grand Prix weekends, you know, I have a family, I've got a young family and there's nothing better than spending time with them, um, seeing them grow up and because uh, there's so many weekends that I'm that I'm obviously away almost half the weekends during the course of the year, I'm, I'm away or travelling. So uh, the weekends that you do get to spend at home, uh, it's great to, to have some family time. And as we mentioned, it's super busy time at the factory, but there's also some other projects going on here as well, uh, with Red Bull Advanced Technologies as well. Um, the Valkyrie project, uh, is it exciting to see F1 technology and personnel influencing that program and working closely with Aston Martin? Very much so, and that's been a long time you know, coming to fruition. And uh, you know, the first real car will be uh, in Geneva, and then very shortly uh, after that, after the motor show there, it'll be... Uh, uh, you know, starting its uh, its testing, you know, program, which will take place throughout the rest of this year. So, um, uh, you know, plenty going on in advanced technology, future cars that we're looking at as well. So, you know, exciting times. Are you looking forward to getting behind the wheel of a Valkyrie? Have you uh, picked a colour out for yours yet? <laughs> so, uh, the Valkyrie looks just an, an awesome car, and performance, I think, is going to be mind-boggling. So, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Hopefully, during the course of this year, I'll get the chance to to have a run round at one of the test circuits in one and I'm, I'm sure I'll scare myself silly. And it's not just a big year for us here at Aston Martin Rebel Racing this year either. We've also heard there's a Spice Girls reunion on the cards. Uh, is that a bit of a big deal in the uh, Horner household at the moment? Uh, it seems to be coming a bigger deal. Uh, I seem to be their biggest sponsor in teas and coffees, I think, at the, at the moment. But um, yeah, they're, well, they're excited to go on, on tour again. There's a huge following of... Spice Girl fan, so hopefully I'll, I'll get to get to a couple of um, their concerts and hopefully in Wembley. They start when we're in Monaco and so it's during that period between Monaco and Montreal that that uh, Jerry will be getting a Union Jack dress out. Very busy time of the year in the Horner household. 
And once again, we have a pretty action-packed showcar schedule this season. Yeah. Do you still see this as a great way uh, that we can reach into untapped F1 markets and engage with some new fans? Well, the running showcar is such a cool activity. You know, we take it all over the world. It's been to the Himalayas. It's been on ice lakes. Tom Cruise has driven the car. You know, it's just done so many cool things. And uh, that'll continue this year, taking Formula One to where you wouldn't expect to see it, bringing it to the people and allowing people to engage with you know, with Formula One, it's a unique activity that we do, and um, yeah, it's a big part of our program for 2019. And Wings for Life are important, official team charity, important to all of us here. Um, is there anything special on the cards uh, for Wings for Life this year? There's lots of plans in the pipeline for Wings for Life. It's uh, it's great to see traction really being made with that with that charity. You know, with the progress that's been made um, in recent months. Uh, it just enforces that belief that a cure will one day be found for spinal cord injury and damage. So it's such a great charity. You know, we're fully behind it, and um, yeah, looking forward to to working with them through this year. And just to finish up, um, do you have a have a message for our fans and our listeners heading heading into 2019? I, look, I'm I'm really excited about 2019. I think it's going to be a really exciting season for Formula One. Um, there's some new things for us. Obviously, we've got a new driver. Uh, I think he's going to surprise a few people in Pierre Gasly this year, so he's well worth getting behind. Uh, we've got this new engine in the car. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how, how that progresses. And, of course, we've got Max Verstappen, arguably the most exciting driver currently in Formula 1. So, you know, we've got some great ingredients to, to really um, spice things up this year. Thanks, Christian. That's got us all very excited for the season ahead. On the podcast across the year, we'd like to introduce you to the team behind the car. We have a series called 60 Seconds With, and right now we'd like you to meet Dario Itzo. I'm Dario Itzo, racing technical advisor for ExxonMobil. A typical working day for me requires testing of fuel, engine oil, synthetic gear oil and hydraulic oil to identify any signs of mechanical issues more or less like a doctor would do a blood analysis on an athlete in preparation to a competition. I try to run samples as fast as I can to get results back to the engineers. The advantage of having a trackside laboratory is that you can run a test in a matter of a minute. Although I am the only ExxonMobil technician working trackside, there is a big team of colleagues working behind the scene in different locations to formulate our lubricants and synergy fuels. My mother used to say when I was one, I was hypnotized by cars. So I guess you could say my passion for Formula One started at a young age. Great to meet Dario. Can't wait to introduce you to more of the team across the year. That's it for this edition of Talking Ball. Now we look forward to Albert Park down under on March 17th. We leave you with a very exclusive track that's big in our factory at the moment. This is Floors with Don't Count Me Out, and we think you'll love it. We'll be back very soon with more action from the track, the paddock, and the factory. Until then, take care. Head in my hands, I hit the silence. It's not the first time that I've fallen, almost drowned If I'm going down, I'm not going quiet I've carried the world so long, my feet don't touch the ground The oceans are gonna run dry, and every star's gonna leave the sky 
before I give up this fight Gonna knock me down, but don't count me out As long as I've still got breath As long as my heart beats and blood runs red I won't be the one that gets left Gonna knock me down, but don't count me out Long as I still got breath, as long as my heart beats and blood. 